when considering Satan, is Satan seen, um, so like just for some context before I go into this question, in Judaism, there is really no devil figure. Rather, like the snake represents humanity's evil side and there's kind of um, an interim before both, I guess, the medium ground and hell. But in Christianity, there's the Satan figure. And just like asking, is Satan seen as an actual being or is he viewed more as the concept of evil? So like basically, is that his own like figure or does he identify with kind of the concept that Judaism has of a figure like that? I'm sure you'll find many Christian groups who do see Satan as more of a um, an aspect of personality uh, that everybody has to contend with. Um, but um, uh, my view, and I think the view of most of the people that have influenced me, is that Satan is an actual personality, an individual, a spiritual being of great power, uh, who has intellect, will, he certainly has a name, we just used it. Um, he interacts with people. He uh, is capable of logic, persuasion, deception, uh, all things that are aspects of, of personality. And so I believe very strongly that he exists, that he is a... a uh, and we may, we may get to the hereafter and find that uh, he is actually a she. I'm not sure. I'm sure there are lots of guys with uh, difficult relationships who uh, are certain that he's a she. But uh, uh, I feel that uh, Satan is a, is, is a personality. You see that in, um, in the encounter with the snake in the garden. He speaks to Eve. He convinces her that God's holding out on her and that she ought to take of the fruit. And she gives it to Adam, of course, and, uh, and things seem to go downhill from there. Uh, you see Satan speaking, and he's named as Satan in the book of Job in the Old Testament, in the first few chapters. We don't see him afterward, but in those first few chapters, he has conversations with God about the nature of of God's goodness and how that goodness influences Job to be a good man. Um, we also see Satan in the New Testament having conversations with, with Jesus. Uh, there's a period of temptation that's found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, and uh, the other synoptic Gospels also. Um, and he comes to Jesus at a point of weakness because uh, Jesus has fasted for a very long time and his body is weak. And the first temptation is, well, make some bread out of one of these stones. And then there's another temptation about uh, jump from the top of the temple. Uh, the angels will catch you. That's God's promise. And then there's a third temptation of, you know, take a look around. See all the kingdoms of the world. They're mine and I can give them to you if you will just worship me. And so there, there are conversations that take place. And conversations and will and persuasiveness, intellect, logic, all these things flow from personality. And, and so I believe that Satan is a being with, uh, with a distinct personality and existence uh, that's separate from the, uh, the human uh, condition. That's definitely interesting because I always viewed him as almost like the um, the concept of the id, like in psychology, where it's, you know, your primal desires, your basic instincts, because it seems like these interactions with him are very, 
you know, primal. They appeal to primal um, emotions like greed and hunger and envy and lust. So that's interesting that he's seen as like a being himself and not so much as a concept. I think sometimes people uh, go a little far with viewing Satan in this personal way. And so they attribute all their shortcomings, all their failures, bad decisions to to some kind of satanic influence. But most of us do have enough of the internal darkness of our own uh, just because we're born into a sinful world with a sinful nature. And um, we do want things we should not have. And it doesn't take a lot of external influence to cause us to spend valuable mental resources looking for those things. It's there, and, and, and we do choose it in many cases. Uh, so Satan doesn't have to be individually present in every situation uh, for that kind of influence to uh, to, to do bad things. Uh, well, there's a, enough of the darkness in us, but there's enough of him um, in our world and in situations that, that do push us sometimes where we should not go. Yeah, okay, that also makes sense because you can't really attribute everything to, you know, forces out of your control. You also have to accept the fact that you yourself are also capable of committing evil deeds. And it's that like understanding that really propels responsibility and morality. I have the ability to do bad and I could easily choose it, but I still decide to do good. And for that, you know, you can develop a strong moral compass. And hopefully we do. Uh, you know, uh, if you if you look at a very young child, you really don't have to teach that child to uh, to be deceptive. Uh, they will uh, invariably say they didn't break the dish. Uh, you don't have to uh, uh, to teach young children to to not share. They already know how to do that. What we have to do is teach them to be truthful and teach them to uh, to be honest and, and sharing and to get along with other people and to coexist in a world with many others just like them. And that development is very important.